You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Foundation Radio is brought to you by The Dugout. The Dugout provides custom quality apparel at an affordable price. Modern style mixed with classic designs, you'll find retro t-shirts brought into the 21st century. Adam has several of his favorite t-shirts in rotation from the team at The Dugout, including customized Dudley Boys, Prince and the Revolution, and the Notorious B.I.G. t-shirts. Right now, if you purchase your items through their Etsy site and use promo code FOUNDATION, you'll receive 15% off your entire order. That's right, 15% off your entire order. Follow them on Instagram at the dugout brand follow the link on their etsy shop and use your promo code foundation for 15 percent off your entire order the dugout custom quality apparel at an affordable price if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it's free there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple podcasts and many more you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started Foundation Radio is brought to you by 10th Ward Barbershop. Serving the historic 10th Ward in downtown Lawrenceville, 10th Ward Barbershop is a full-service barbershop offering quality haircuts, beard trims, and hot shaves. Adam gets his hair and beard trimmed by the owner of the shop, Ryan Kane, and he loves the laser point precision cuts and lineup he provides to him and countless other satisfied customers. But you don't have to take Adam's word for it. WWE superstars Corey Graves and the fiend Bray Wyatt frequent 10th Ward for all their hair and beard trimming needs. Right now, all cuts and trims are by appointment only so head over to their website at 10th ward barbershop.com and book your appointment now with kane jordan and the rest of the team at 10th ward barbershop that's 10thward barbershop.com and we thank them for supporting the podcast Thank you so much for stopping by Foundation Radio today. How are you? I am doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. And uh, I guess I should start by saying congratulations on the big win at SummerSlam, the TikTok competition. Uh, That is incredible. And we'll get into that a little bit more as we start talking. But I guess the best place to start with this conversation is tell me about you. Tell me about you, the individual. When did you know that you had like this set of golden pipes that you were able to utilize in a way that was going to be meaningful to your career? I actually did not know that I can ring announce until March of 2021, March of this year. Um, it actually happened by accident. Uh, I am new in the uh, wrestling independent scene. Um, I literally had my first event uh, back in February and I was interviewing wrestlers um, after, after they're done with their match. Um, so I went to my second event in March and I was supposed to interview someone after he's done with his match and my promoter said that they canceled the interview and so my husband and I drove for four hours so in my head oh my god I have to at least do something because you know we drove for four hours 
So I asked him, is there anything else that I can do? And he said, well, we don't have a ring announcer. So I said, if you're cool with it, can I try? If you don't like it, let me know. I will never do it again. I will stick with interviewing these guys. And he's like, go ahead, try it out. And then he just kind of let me ring announce the whole night. And in my head, oh, that's really nice of him. You know, I, I didn't really know how I did, but I just remember when I was doing it, I liked it. So in my head, I hope he's really serious that, you know, I did good and he'll book me again. And then, yeah, for, for uh, his next shows, like he would book me as his ring announcer. That's, that's incredible. So you fell into it by accident, which is how most people find their careers, which is pretty incredible. Tell me about a little bit more about like how you were feeling as you were starting for the first time. Like, was there how, how much anxiety? Because I feel like for me, if I'm prepped for one job and then they're like, here, go do this one. It's like, I don't know if I can stand in front of all these people. And obviously we're not talking about SummerSlam. We're probably talking about on a smaller scale, but was there a moment where you were just like, oh my God, like, what am I getting myself into? Yeah. Um, I, I remember my very first event, I was very nervous. Um, I actually didn't think I'd had to be in the ring, um, but my promoter, he's really good with um, not just promoting the wrestlers, but you know, he's good with like promoting like the other characters involved in the show as well, including myself. Um, so I remember when I showed up at my first event, he said, all right, Rain's gonna interview whoever wins the match, la la la. And Rain, you're gonna do it inside the ring. And I said, wait, what? <laughs> Because to me, okay, if I get inside the ring, that means everyone's going to look at me. Um, so I still did it. Uh, but, but I remember my, after my very first interview, I was so mad at myself because I knew I was nervous and I did not perform the way I wanted you know, to present myself. So that same event, I went to one corner and I literally just like talked to myself. And yeah, I told myself, look, if you are dreaming to be at a bigger stage in front of thousands of people, you need to be comfortable with no one's watching you or people watching you. It doesn't matter how many people are watching you because if your end goal is to be at a bigger stage, a lot of eyeballs looking at you and you can't, you know, you're nervous, you can't control yourself, then don't even like put in the effort to pursue your dream. You know, um, so that was kind of like my, my mindset. Basically, you know, I told myself, turn that nervous energy into more of like an excitement, which ever since that day, I just saw each and every event as an opportunity to, um, you know, just practice and at the same time do something that I love to do. Now it's, it's pretty incredible. We'll, we'll get to that part of the story where you just take it from, you know, zero to 180 in about 30 seconds, but tell me a little bit more about your background. I know I, I read that you came from sort of a media background as it is. Tell me a little bit more about the genesis of rain Cruz in, in media or any of your other endeavors that led you into doing these interviews inside of wrestling. Yeah. So my background is, um, basically I do television production. Um, and you know, when I first, uh, when I got into college, I was thinking, okay, well, I want to be a reporter. And, um, you know, at that time I had just moved here from the Philippines and I was very self-conscious about like the, you know, about my accent. And, um, so I was like, Ooh, I don't know, man, I don't think I could do it here. And then, so I stuck with TV production. So most of my background is legit, like 
behind the scenes working for pregame postgame shows um, for like sporting events. And, but I was always surrounded with people who are doing broadcasting. And I think I kind of picked up that, um, that um, maybe I picked up something from them just by you know, working with them every single day. Um, so in terms of making it into the indie scene, uh, I, back in 2019, when I finally decided, okay, I have this dream to make it in the wrestling world. I've been applying to do TV production in the wrestling world, nothing happened. And I was like, what else can I do? Oh, you know what? Why not? I'll shoot a video of me as Asuka's manager. Sure. And I just put it up on YouTube. And uh, I figured that, you know what? YouTube's free. I have a cell phone camera, you know, <laughs> got nothing else to do. I'll just do this. Uh, but then again, you know, like I said earlier, to me, I took it as it doesn't matter how many people are watching my videos. I took it as I get my practice. Um, so I did that. And then eventually I started doing wrestling um, recaps and like predictions, uh, mostly for WWE pay-per-views. Um, and, and my very first WWE um, predictions video was of SummerSlam 2019. So it's really weird how things work. But um, fast forward to the pandemic last year, um, there is a wrestling academy here in Southern California called Santino Brothers. I've always wanted to join them. It just never worked with my schedule. Um, so they had an online class and it was made, it was more mainly for um, like, if you want to learn the psychology of wrestling, character development, how to do promos and all that. And so I signed up, met a bunch of amazing people. And one of them referred me to my very first promoter at Orange County Championship Wrestling. And so I'm glad that I took the initiative of starting to create my videos in 2019 because when I met this promoter, I had something to show him. Like, hey, look, here's my YouTube page. Um, you know, I have videos of me as a manager, but I also have videos of me doing wrestling reviews and stuff. And he saw it and he's like, oh, I can use it as, a, as someone who would interview the guys after their match. And so I was like, all right, cool. So that's how I started in the uh, indie scene. So my, my goal of being a reporter, you know, years ago when I was going to college, somehow still happened. And now it's in the wrestling world. That's an incredible story. And it's a roundabout way to get to this incredible spot. And it's just, it's wild to think about how many things sort of in my own life happen by sort of a happy circumstance or a happy accident, you know, and I, I'm very much the same way, you know, like, look, I don't care if one person listens to this show or a hundred thousand people listen to the show. The content is great. I'm going to toot my own horn. I'm sorry. That's what I do here. But you know, like you have to, you have to hype yourself up. Right. And if you, if your content is good and you believe in yourself, then you're going to get far and it's going to happen for you. And I think that's what What's really cool about your story is like I've watched your YouTube videos. The Oscars manager stuff is incredible, by the way. I, I really enjoyed that. But like, oh, I, it's you. you're welcome. You're welcome. I, I watched it earlier today to prep for the interview. But it's just it's when you when you're passionate about something and it, it really bleeds through. And and I think that's really important for a lot of people because there's folks out here out there who do these kinds of things, but there's no passion. It's just about doing it. You know, there's no energy and excitement. So speaking of energy and excitement, so you 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 get to TikTok, right? You get this 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 news that breaks that they're looking for somebody in WWE to do an announcing spot at SummerSlam, you know, the first SummerSlam back since the pandemic happened. And tell me about how you found out about it. 
So um, one of my friends at my old job, um, he knew that I love wrestling and I wanted to pursue something in the business. Uh, he's one of my biggest supporters. I woke up to his text saying, hey, WWE has this contest, check it out. My first reaction was, of course it's on TikTok. I don't use TikTok. I don't know how to use it. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't have to download a new app and figure this out. Yeah, of course. Great. Yeah. I, I tried downloading TikTok before and I just could not get it for some reason. And I was like, okay, I, I'm just going to stick with like Instagram and like, you know, Twitter. Um, but I was like, all right, I got to learn how to use TikTok then. So my first batch of videos that I had to record, because basically I had to record like a duet with a WWE superstar making their entrance, basically. My first batch, I did it at home. And then I remember, because um, when you click the hashtag, you'll see like other people's videos. My videos were literally like buried. And so in my head, oh my God, they're probably not going to see my video. What do I do? So... I think a few days after uh, I went to my wrestling Jojo and I asked him, Hey, is it okay if I shoot these videos here? I just want like a wrestling ring background, da da da. Cause everyone had their own gimmick, you know? And I remember going into the contest. I just, I didn't know what WWE was looking for. Like, were they looking for someone who, you know, who has done it millions of times or, were they looking for someone who was like, you know, kind of like had like the coolest gimmick ever, you know, as a ring announcer. So I wasn't really sure. I think my mindset at that time was, I just want to be me. Um, Cause obviously I don't want to present myself as, you know, not me in front of like thousands of people. So I was like, if they like, I want them to like me as me with my style and all that. So, um, so my, my friends from the wrestling dojo, they helped me shoot my video. And it's funny how, they're showing me, hey, Rain, you can save it as your drafts. And this is how you do TikTok and da, da, da. And I was like, okay, thank you. I appreciate the tutorial. Thank you very much. I needed that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just funny how they were showing me how to use TikTok. Cause I was just like, I, I don't know how this works. Can you like <laughs> as a side note, I feel like the older I get, the less inclined I am to learn like this new, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I'm 36. Right. So I came in the boom. Like I know what life was like before the internet started. And then I grew up at a time when the internet was becoming a thing. But now it's like some of this stuff, I'm like, what the hell am I looking at? Like, I don't like, what is a TikTok? What is a, this, what, like, how do I, where do I even start with this? And it's just, it's kind of embarrassing. I feel like my parents some ways, you know, trying to figure out a new <laughs> system. I'm like, uh, <laughs> am I officially old now? I think is the question, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. We're, we're kind of like the same age. So, uh, <laughs> so you feel my pain. You feel yeah. my pain. Yes. You understand. Yeah. So, um, to me, it's like, you know, I mean, where's MySpace, man? Where oh can we upload our music? Honestly, I want to get back. Friends. I was just going to say, get me back to the top eight and the music on my profile. Man, I was happening back in like 2005. I had Limp Biscuit on there and it was like, yeah, man, I'm happening right now. And man, I miss those days. I'm actually, I, I do and I don't because I'm glad I don't have any of my archives saved from photographs back then because <laughs> I'm sure there's stuff that like party party pictures and stuff. I'm like, no, nah, I don't need any of this. So, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I just, I, I would, I've had to have people show me like some of my younger coworkers, what I need to do with the, these apps. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. I'm adapting. So, so you get to, you, you save the TikToks. And I guess that's another question too. When I think about a lot of these contests and I look at some of these things and I'm like, geez, how does somebody 
succeed in something like this because there's got to be at least like hundreds of thousands of applicants jockeying and vying for the same spot. And you're right. Like you have to find something that makes you unique. So what was going through your head after you record and you submit? Like what's what's happening in your mind as all that's happening? Um, To be honest with you, I was just thinking in my head, oh, my God, there are other videos that have a lot of views and likes. I don't know if they're going to notice me, but what I can do now is just keep uploading my videos. Um, And I've had like people who would notice my stuff and, you know, but it was still kind of like nothing compared to like what the other videos were getting or like the top videos. So I was like, well, you know, I just need a miracle basically for them to notice me. And in my head, you know, if it's for me, it will be given to me. That's kind of like my mindset. Yes, I I really want it to be me, but at the same time I was prepared, you know, to not be picked. Um, just because I know it's everyone's game. Um, and like I said, I wasn't sure what they're looking for. Um, so to me, I just kind of kept doing my thing wherein I would still do my wrestling events, like find some content there and upload it on my TikTok page. Um, just cause in my head, well, you know, at least if they find one of my videos, they go to my profile, then they'll see like the other things that I do and maybe they'll find it, you know, interesting and maybe they'll consider me from that point. Did you have any indication before you got got the actual like notification, either a call or email that you were going to be chosen or that you were even in like the top five? Did you have any idea at all before you get the actual phone call or email that you were selected? Yeah. So for me, um, I was I actually thought I didn't get it anymore. And, um, you know, because I remember they were supposed to announce it on like a certain day and. I didn't hear anything. And um, so fast forward to the day that I found out, which was a few days before SummerSlam, I was like, okay, wait, what? Like I, like I won. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, wait, this happened. And I remember just like being on the floor, just like crying. And wow. like, my husband's like, what is going on? And I showed him my, the, the message that I got that I won. And um, so I was like, I, I couldn't believe it, you know, because I came from, I want to win. And then next thing I know, oh my God, I don't think, you know, I won. And then next thing I know, I won. <laughs> wow. So, so you get an email from now, was it from Triple H? Was it from somebody in their media team? Like, who does this email come from? Uh, it's somebody from their media team. Cause I think um, there's like a department responsible for a contest. Got it. Got it. So you get this email and you're just overwhelmed. How much of a timeline did you have from the time you get the notification that you won to when you have to actually be at WrestleMania. So, oh, oh, excuse Summer- me, SummerSlam. I'm sorry. WrestleMania hey, is always manifesting WrestleMania. Yeah, hey, that's, I'm trying, you know what, Rain? I'm trying to manifest. I'm trying to manifest your next job for you here. And I know after watching you at SummerSlam, I'm thinking WrestleMania 38 is in your future. But I'm sorry. Let's try that question again. <laughs> I'm look, look, I'm always, I'm always hyping up people that, that deserve it. So you're part of that team now. So how did, how, what was that timeline between notification and SummerSlam that you have to get, to get uh, moving? So when I got the message, it was like Wednesday, I believe it was a few. Yeah. I think it was Wednesday. It was a few days before SummerSlam. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> I just remember the next day I had to tell my job, Hey, uh, I won't be here Friday, Saturday. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> And um, but like, that's kind of like last minute. And I said, yeah, I found out last minute I can't go. And I mean, I can't be at work. And the thing is, I couldn't tell people. I couldn't tell people. Really? That's, yeah, because um, wow. they were going to announce it, you know, uh, um, 
at some point. And I, so working in the media industry, I really understood the whole concept of, you know, kind of like a disclosure thing and all that. So to me, I understood as to why, like, okay, well, you know, it's mostly just kind of like, you know, between us and you type of deal. Um, and, you know, they want to make the announcement big. So to me, it's like, I, I told, I just told my job, I want a contest. I, you know, they don't follow me on my social media, so they don't know what's going on. They, I, I think they just thought I got like a free trip somewhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> all I said I mean, was, did, I want, but yeah. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> it's true time. I want a contest. I can't disclose what it is. Um, I don't want to be disqualified, but I won't be here Friday and Saturday. Just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was like last minute. And I just remember uh, like trying to get like, um, I mean, I have like wardrobe already, um, like my dresses from like weddings that I went to. Uh, <laughs> so I packed those and I was at the mall on like Friday, just trying to find more stuff. And what's funny is that, you know, my, um, my, ring announcing or my ring announcer character at um, indie shows, I don't really wear dresses. I'm mostly kind of like, you know, I like my character is mostly like, I just like wear um, like, not, I don't say all black, but I, I mostly like have my glittery boots and like my literally like blazer and all that. Um, so to me, I was like, well, I just kind of, so I, the, the way I looked at SummerSlam, that's how I showed up. Nice. But I brought, like some dresses with me. And I told him, if you guys don't like this, like I have like, you know, a, a, I brought a bunch more and this and that. And they're like, no, we love this. Wow. And in my head, okay, <laughs> this is amazing because this is how I show up at my event, my events here in SoCal. Um, so to me, I felt more comfortable because to them, you know, they, I felt like accepted in a sense. Right? Yeah. Well, it's also too, it speaks to that authenticity that you were talking about. You just wanted to be you. And now not only do you win being you, you can also now be you in front of like 50,000 people, which is just, it's incredible, you know, and that's, so they didn't give you any grief at, at wardrobe or, you know, Vince didn't come in and was like, Hey pal, let's, you know, put her in a, you know, a new mask or something. He didn't like, that didn't happen. Right. None, none of that. No, no, Good. I, was, I kept asking him, Hey, are you sure? Like, are you sure about this? Cause I, you know, cause like, I know like the other female announcers in the WWE or in general, they're mostly like wearing dresses and you know high heels and all that and so I knew it kind of like looked different from you know like how a female ring announcer usually looks so um but yeah I just kept asking them are you guys sure because I have like I, I have a bunch I think I brought five wow <laughs> <laughs> I am prepared for anything you need me to do I promise it's like a rolodex of outfits here you go I have everything you need here this is great <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I had to get my makeup done um, the morning of SummerSlam because I just wanted to get there like prepared. So, yeah, let's so let's talk about that. So you so you get there, you fly in and you're in Vegas. Tell me about like the day. Obviously, you probably fly in the day before it gets settled in Vegas. And and so tell me what happens like from right before, like right as you get there till like right before you go out. So when we got to Vegas, this is amazing, actually. They, they had a car service for us. Wow. The funny thing was the name on the like the sign was my husband's name. Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> I think it's because they went with like, um, I think my, his name showed up first um, based on like like the, the letter of his uh, first name. Oh, I see. Happened. Um, 
So I was like, can I have a picture with my name? <laughs> this is actually my prize. <laughs> <laughs> I really need you to fix this for me. I just, I need this, please. I won. I'm the winner. Thank you. Yeah. And, and the driver, he was like super sweet. He's like, and he just like started laughing. He's like, oh my God. Okay, sure. We'll do it. So that was that. And then um, they took us to our hotel. And that night, I remember I was just like calling like um, different places to uh, like for hair and makeup. Um, Cause at first um, in my head, I thought they will provide it. I wasn't sure really if they were going to, but in my head, I think, you know, to me, it's like, okay, they're going to meet me. I want, I wanted to look presentable. Um, so that's why I found like um, this lady who did my hair and makeup. So she showed up at our hotel at like seven in the morning. Um, yeah. Wow. Wow. That is an early start, but Hey, it's, it's showbiz. You got to do it. Yeah. And then, uh, cause our call time was eight 45 to be at the stadium. Eight 45 AM. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I didn't expect yeah. to hear that. I, I thought I was probably thinking like maybe 11 or 12 o'clock. I didn't, what did they, was there a specific reason why the, why the call time was so early? Was it because of the sort of the scale of the event or was it just something different? I think it's because, um, I think because they had to meet me first and kind of like talk to me and explain to me what's going on and, um, do like a rehearsal where, where do I need to stand in the ring? Who's going to give me the microphone? Um, like stuff like that. Got so it. honestly, I didn't mind the early call time because to me, it kind of, it helped me feel comfortable leading up to um, the kickoff show. Um, everyone was really nice. Um, so to me, it, it didn't feel like, okay, I'm here and I'm about to do this thing. Like I felt very welcomed and I was able to kind of like, basically, you know, like when you get somewhere and you just feel settled and yeah. you just relaxed. And then that's how I felt. And I think, yeah, even though it was a really early call time, I, I didn't mind. Uh, it helped me basically feel settled. And, you know, for the fact that I would be in front of like thousands of people, it really helped me a lot. It, it helped uh, calm the nerves a little bit, I can imagine. And I'm sure it's 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 probably like a super deafening feeling when you get to that point where the kickoff show, but I have to ask because I, I I've talked to people before about this and, and I'm always curious um, catering at WWE. Is it as legendary as I am led to believe? Mm-hmm. And how do I get myself some catering from WWE? <laughs> so when we got there, there's actually catered breakfast. Wow. And, you know, and then we were told, Oh, there's going to be a different menu for lunch. And you're like, Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> And then during the show, since, um, you know, I still had like my stuff in the back, like backstage and, you know, I have my pass and all that. I got hungry. So I went back and like ate some food. So that was really nice. But yeah, uh, the food's really good. I've heard it's I've heard it's like next level. So that's why I always ask anybody who's done any kind of work with <laughs> WWE. But uh, so tell me. So tell me about some of the folks you interacted with. Who's the who like who do you meet with when you get there? Who's sort of your liaison back and forth? And then right up to when you're in Gorilla. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me about that process. So uh, for the most part, I I dealt with the, the people who um, the people in the uh, digital media department because they're the ones who basically organize the contest. Uh, a big shout out to them because, like I said, they made me feel like really comfortable and just like, you know, ready to go, basically. Um, so I met a bunch of people behind the scenes. Um, I met past and present superstars, and um, which includes like Molly Holly, Beth Phoenix, 
uh, Liv Morgan. They're all super sweet because, you know, I did my rehearsal and I remember getting out of the ring and Molly Holly was the first one to like shake my hand and tell me, congratulations, you did a great job. And I remember thinking in my head, I think this is Molly Holly. Cause like, you know, the mask kind of like covers like the face, you know? Right, right. In my head, I think, I think, I think it's Molly Holly. And then, so I just said, thank you so much. What's your name? And then she's like, oh, I'm Nora. And I said in my head, oh, okay. I kind of like paused for a second. Wait, this is Molly Holly like telling me I did a great job and she's congratulating me. Like all those thoughts in my head. And, right. and I think in her head, she probably didn't know who I am. So she said, I'm Molly Holly. I said, yes, yes, of course I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Of course. Of course I know who you are. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely got to be frustrating with the, you know, not being able to really recognize everybody with the the protocols and everything they had going on. So I'm sure that was that added a little, a little extra layer on it. Yeah, because like everyone's like wearing a mask. I mean, there are some that I kind of recognize right away. Um, but like, for example, with Beth Phoenix, because right after Molly Holly, I was walking away. Here comes Beth. And same thing, congratulated me. And then she said, um, I'm Beth. For some reason, I thought of like a lady that I worked with before named Beth. So in my head, my head was just like, Oh my God. So Beth is also here. <laughs> and she saw the look in my eyes that I was like confused. And then she just pulls her mask down and then she said, Beth Phoenix. And I was like, Oh yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's, it's really cool. And then uh, later on I met triple H funny thing is right before I met triple H um, I, I usually bring like a cough drop with me. Um, before, um, I used to sing at a choir. So basically right. it was like our thing, you know, before we have to sing, we like take cough drops, like top of our throat. So I kind of like took that with like my ring announcing stuff. Um, so I literally had a cough drop. And then next thing I know, they tell me, oh, here comes Triple H in my head. Of course, like literally right after I took my cough drop, I'm gonna smell like minty. <laughs> <laughs> and here he comes. Um, he was super cool. Um, he was very, um, he was very nice and just literally just told me, you know, just have fun, you know, your thing, just have fun, enjoy the moment. And I'm glad he told me that because that's exactly what I did. I just had fun. I enjoyed the moment and yeah. it's uh, forever etched in my heart. <laughs> so you, you're at the kickoff show is where you did your announcement and you're doing big E versus Baron Corbin. Mm -hmm. So Tell me as you're at Gorilla, obviously before you go out and you walk out, did you have a chance to sort of like look into the crowd to see what was going on? Did you have one of those moments where like your heart dropped to your feet? Like, tell me about like those moments, those jitters right before you went to the ring. You know, to be honest with you, and I don't know if this is normal, but I didn't feel nervous. <laughs> Interesting. That's well, I mean, it could be. I, I, I'm sure I would be flipping out a little bit with all those people, but that's a good thing. That Why weren't you nervous? Because I wanted it so bad. I just, I just knew I wanted to do that. And um, I, I saw it as an opportunity for me to kind of, you know, for me, I saw it as, okay, this is what you've always wanted. This is your opportunity to realize, do you want to keep doing this? And so to me, that was like the million dollar question for me. You get in that stage, you get in that ring, there's people looking at you. How do you feel? And honestly, when I got in, in that ring with people in the arena, I remember um, 
Mike Rome actually told me, uh, and uh, the referee for, referee for that match, uh, Jason, they both told me, hey, Rain, look around you, just enjoy the moment, take it all in, because there's nothing compared to this. And at first in my head, do I really do that? Because at, up, up to that point, I wasn't nervous. I was just like, let's go, let's go. I really want to do this. But when they said that, I actually had to think twice. Do I do it? Because like, right, I wasn't nervous at all. And then when I got into the ring, um, you know, I asked like, can I wave? And he's like, yes, of course, it's your moment, yeah. That's when I started waving when he was introducing me. And I remember looking around, seeing people, I, I hear them. You know, to borrow the words from The Rock, it was an electrifying moment. And I wasn't nervous. It was just like the realization, basically, of you worked hard to make it to that point. You know, this is it. And like like what Triple H said, right. enjoy the moment. Have fun. And, and I think that's why I wasn't nervous. I got nervous afterwards, believe it or not. <laughs> really? Like after you were done the announcing and everything was said and done? I guess, I guess, so you do the announcing and then you leave and I guess it's like, oh crap, I just did that. Now I'm going to be judged by millions and millions of people. So that probably, I'm sure that's a little nerve wracking, right? Yes. That was the part that got me. Like after everything's done, it's like, okay, wait, I actually did that, you know? And then, so uh, everyone saw me, congratulations, great job, great job, blah, blah, blah. But in my head, it's like, because the fact that I haven't seen it, to me, it's like, did I really do a great job? <laughs> because in a certain sense, you sort of like anybody who's ever performed, even if it's front of a small theater or in your case, 50,000 people, like there's an element where you sort of like have an out of body experience. You know, you're not you're there, but you're not really there because you're just performing. You're just doing something right. So then you have that moment where you come back down to reality and you're like, did I you know, I just, I blacked out for a second. What happened? You know? And so you have that like moment of clarity. You're like, Oh no, you know? And for me, I guess and the way I am too, I'm always tending to like Monday morning quarterback, everything the minute it happens. Right. So I imagine that's probably a similar feeling that you had. Yeah, actually that was a great point when you said about like the outer body experience. Cause when I heard the bell, I don't, it just, something just like happened to me. And it's just like, I heard the bell and it's like, I felt like possessed, like, okay. <laughs> You know what to do, right? And yep. like, do your thing kind of deal. And then I did my thing. And then, you know, when I came back to life after everything's like said and done, I was like, I, in my head, I remember asking my husband, are you sure I did well? Like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I was just in front of a lot of people and a lot of people are watching this. Yeah. You have to tell me right now that I really do well. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you believe him? Did you get a chance to watch yourself afterwards? And did you believe him? Did you take him at his word? You know, I didn't get to watch it until we came back. Actually, well, we came back Sunday. I didn't get to watch it till Monday night. Yeah, Monday night. And what's weird is that a lot of people are like telling me, oh my God, I saw you. I saw you. La, 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 la. And my husband even took a video. I didn't even get to watch it till like later on. And I think because there's just like been a lot of things going on and I remember the first time that I actually watched it, I was nervous. I'm sure. I was just nervous because like, I am my biggest critic, you know? And yes, like I, you know, it's like a done deal. Like I, you know, I already did my thing and that's what's making me nervous. Like I already did it. There's no way of me to correct it. <laughs> so when I was watching it, I was just like, okay. 
now I'm like seeing how I did and everything. And it's like, if I find something wrong right now while watching this, there's no way that I could like change it. <laughs> like People the wrong. Already seen this. <laughs> it's gonna be on the network forever. I can't go back now. It's like the oh, like you, you pick the 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 wrong pronunciation of just like the wrong syllable, and you're like, oh my god, I can't. So it's like this gigantic moment in your head, but it really it doesn't matter at long term. So well, that's good. I'm glad that you were able to enjoy the moment afterwards and and while you were there. Um, you'd mentioned Mike Rome and, and I know, you know, Greg Hamilton, um, it, these guys are just incredible. Like what was, what was the interaction with the two of them? Like, did you get to spend any time with them sort of beforehand? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, um, I got to spend time, uh, with, with them a lot, uh, especially with Mike Rome, cause he was the one who's kind of like, um, basically when, when we were rehearsing, um, he was the one who was right next to me and then he's basically telling me, all right, uh, so you're announcing big E versus Baron Corbin. Um, so for big E, you just don't want it to sound like big E, right? You want the separation between big and an E. And then, so basically he's giving me like tips and he's, and then I remember responding to him. So is it okay if I do this? Is it okay if I do that? And he, and then he's like, Rain, this is you, you do your style. Like, you know, I'm here to give you pointers, but make it your own. And I'm glad he said that because that was the thing that kind of, um, I don't want to say it was like I was worried about it, but I'm glad that they let me be myself and kind of go from there, you know, um, because that's how I was comfortable, how I became comfortable with everything, because I was just being me, you know. Um, so, yeah, he gave me some pointers. Um, you know, he was the one who encouraged me, look around, yeah, wave, smile, enjoy the moment. Same thing with Greg Hamilton uh, when I met him. You know, he would like answer my questions. And you know what? It, it was great that we were sitting right behind them during the pay-per-view because Greg Hamilton will look back and then he'll see me and then he'll be like, come over here. Like, you know, um, you know, sometimes you have to be prepared with like this and that and da da da. And if I had any questions, I can ask him. So that was really nice because, you know, that moment during the pay-per-view, that was literally after the kickoff. I already claimed my price. I already did my thing. But they still took their time to share their knowledge with me. So that to me was that was basically priceless for me. You know, it's it's um, you know, I, I took SummerSlam as a gift that keeps on giving. Absolutely. And 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 to be able to pick like two of the top announcers in the game's brain just for even if it's for another extra 10 minutes. I mean, that's that's indispensable knowledge for you. And and I guess another part of this, too, that I don't necessarily know is really talked about. I mean, as a as a woman who is a ring announcer, there's it seems very few women uh, with the exception of like maybe Jojo and Lillian Garcia, who in a very male dominated part of professional wrestling. What does that mean for you as a woman to have won this contest and been able to, you know, present this, you know, and and show your skill? Um, oh, my God, it's it meant so much for me. Um, you know, I'm going to trace it back to like my professional background. I've worked in a television production industry. Um, I would always be like that one female inside a room with, you know, like 10 other people, you know, and and. Um, so I'm very familiar with like a male dominated um, industry and the fact that, you know, I was able to, you know, ring announce at SummerSlam and be a female ring announcer at SummerSlam. I, it really meant a lot. Um, 
I felt like I represented, you know, like all the women out there who are also wanting to be ring announcers. And at the same time, I also represented, you know, my country because I, you know, was born and raised in the Philippines. So that's another right. for me. That's um, an extra, I, that's an extra level too. I mean, you know, being, you know, Filipino and a, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. It's just amazing. Yeah. It's, it's really, that's why it's so surreal for me, you know, because I started watching wrestling when I was in the Philippines, right before I moved to the States. And I just remember watching it while I was in the Philippines thinking, how do I get there? Not just like, how do I get there? How do I watch? How do I become a part of it? Um, and, you know, fast forward to SummerSlam and being able to make it there. It was just amazing because I felt like I represented, you know, not just, you know, myself, but like women and like, you know, my my country and um fun fact actually and, and and this is something i told wwe august 21st was SummerSlam, right like two, a few weeks ago august 21st 2013 is when i got my citizenship wow it's it's crazy that's incredible <laughs> that's amazing yeah, yeah so it, it's really nice as to how you know i i have like dreams that i wanted to accomplish here in the united states and you know, part of it is being in the WWE and it, it happened. So that that's, that meant really a lot for me. Um, and I know with my, at the indie scenes here, there's not really a lot of women as well. Um, so the fact that, you know, I came from the indie scene, I'm a rookie in the indie scene here. Uh, I felt like I represented um, my friends in the indie scene as well. And, you know, I got to represent women in my country. Really meant a lot for me. And it, 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 I'm sure it does. And it's, it's incredible to see. I, I think you knocked it out of the park. I think you did an incredible job. Um, obviously, you know, it, it was, I'm sure a whirlwind event. What was some of the feedback that you received after, you know, you get settled, you get home and then obviously you got to open up your social media and you're like, Oh God, what am I getting myself into? You know? So what was, uh, what was the response that you got, uh, from doing this and, and, and how did it, how did it make you feel? You know what's fun? Most of the responses are really good. Um, I really, really um, commend Beth Phoenix for um, giving me a shout out on Twitter. Like I thought that was like really nice of her um, because you know, she told me, um, you know, I did well, and you know, but the fact that she gave me a shout out on Twitter, I was like, oh my god, like, she, like thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And there are there are a lot a lot of um, other people on social media who would congratulate me. For the most part, it's all positive. Every now and then I get some like negative stuff, like my voice sucks or whatever, or, or that I'm already a ring announcer, which in my head, whenever I see that, in my head, I wish you would look at my profile and see that I just started doing this, you know? Right. And it made me realize as to how quickly people judge without knowing someone's backstory. I mean, it does, you know, not just like because you know, I was at the big stage or whatever. In general, that's how quickly people judge. They see something and then they make an assumption right away. Um, so just like some, you know, a, a, like a non-positive comment here and there, uh, like I'm not a fan or whatever, but like 
in my head, can you look at my social media? She me. <laughs> You'll get the answers <laughs> when you look at my social media. <laughs> and you know what? The easiest thing to do is just block them because I got the same. I got the same group of people who do the same thing to me every time I ask questions or every time I talk. And you know, too many ums, dude. You know, and it's just like I don't. I don't have time for this. You know, um, it's just an, it's an incredible story. It's it's fantastic. And and I guess you know, as a little girl watching, you know, w, or wrestling and you know WWE or or you know WCW, and now being on the big stage, you know. That, that timeline is just is just unbelievable. Tell me before we wrap up here. Tell me a little bit more about some of your favorite wrestling matches as a as a as a young person as a, as a child. Like what what are some memories that stand out for you uh, with pro wrestling? Oh, some of the memories. It's oh god. Well, this is actually something that kind of like stood out for me. I mean, just in general, I had never been at an event with The Rock, or at least like with The Rock, like having a match. Uh, when they had the show here in Los Angeles for uh, when when SmackDown moved to Fox, that was the loudest pop had ever been a part of when the wow. Rock showed up. Wow. That was like, oh my God, what is going on in this building right yeah. now? The building's going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> One of the, like, the biggest things that I, you know, would always remember uh, is my, you know, wrestling, uh, I guess, being a part of like the wrestling universe um just because to me it's more than just being you know it's more than just attending an event you became a part of the event just by freaking out screaming and just like you know you feel that energy from the rock i mean i we were like far away from the ring and it's like i feel like the rock is like right next to me yeah yeah i mean that's that's i mean that the rock is a, is a transcendent figure in wrestling and just to be able to experience that i'm sure the building felt like it was shaking i can't imagine that it, it probably was but uh so your your takeaway overall from this experience what would you how would you sum that up this entire experience and 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 your your takeaways from it my biggest takeaway is that this is just a beginning um, I didn't see the contest as like the end all be all great. I want the contest, whatever. No, I see it as a beginning for me. Um, to be honest with you, leading up to them announcing to WWE announcing the contest, I was really contemplating about, um, you know, what am I doing with my life <laughs> basically? Um, cause I left my TV production job, uh, because it wasn't, accommodating my my schedule to do my wrestling gig. So I tried to find another job and then, you know, and it wasn't kind of working out well. So I was like, oh my God, what did I do? What did I do? All I know is I love wrestling and I just want to make it to my events. And then, so I remember contemplating and I was like, how much do you really love this thing, man? Like, you know, I was doing back-to-back -back events. Yeah, I literally would go to work, go to like one event and then go back to work the next day, go to another event. And, you know, the only thing that I could think of is that I love doing it. And in my head, as long as I can, as long as I can somehow still make it and do it, great. And then this contest happened. And when I won, it made me feel that I'm on the right path. That even though I'm not sure of where this will take me, I just know I'm on the right path. So to me, this is just the beginning. And, you know, like I said, being a rookie in, you know, in the wrestling industry, um, I'm just excited to see where this will take me. Um, I want to do more shows because, like I said, every show for me is an opportunity to, to show everyone, hey, this is something I love to do. And 
you know, we get to be a part of it. <laughs> and I, I, I have to tell you, it's just, it's inspiring to see and to hear you talk about this and, and to just to, as a great reminder to myself to continue to follow my own dreams, my own goals, my own ambitions, because it will, it, 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 it is, you are proof or proof pro- positive. Let me try that sentence again. You are <laughs> proof positive that if you work hard and you are uh, believe in yourself, great things will happen to you. And I'm just, I'm so excited for you that this happened. I'm so excited that you won the contest. Um, anything else? Like, I guess the last question I could ask you is if there's anybody out there who's thinking about doing something like this and taking a chance, what would your advice be for them? Uh, for me, just, just take that first step. Sometimes you always think of like the big picture, right? Like, like for example, for me, I want to make it to the WWE. I want to be in that ring, but you just have to work backwards because we can't just like start right away there, right? We have to build, you know, basically um, we have to build the blocks to make it to our dream. So you think of your goal, you think of your dream and then just work backwards. What do you need to do to number one, um, get that practice. Number two, um, be able to build your network. And then number three, you just have to believe yourself, believe in yourself that, Sometimes we think, oh my God, my dream is like too big. And, and, and the thing is, if other people made it, you can't do as long as you put in the hard work. And you definitely have, and I'm excited to see what comes next for you. Rain Cruz, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me at Ringside Rain, and that's Rain with an E on Instagram, Twitter. And yes, I'm so struggling to create TikTok content, but I am trying. <laughs> And that's what's important, Rain, is that that you're trying. And that's the most important thing. And I'm going to try really hard to do something fun on TikTok. I'm not entirely sure. Honestly, I got it. So I went, so my kids would think I was cool. I don't know if that's actually working, but you know, we'll see. Rain Cruz, thank you so much for this. has been an incredible conversation. It's an honor to chat with you. Congratulations again. Um, and I'm looking forward to following you and following your career and seeing what happens next for you. Cause I know it's just going to be incredible things. And I've already manifested WrestleMania 38. Uh, so when you get there, uh, you're welcome. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to everything you got coming up. So thank you again for joining me today on Foundation Radio. This has been uh, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Foundation Radio is hosted, recorded, and executive produced by Adam Barnard. The show is also produced by Sam Kreps. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, Jeff Quinn, and Dr. Ruth Almy. Our intro and outro music is produced by Dumb Ugly. Find this episode and our full archive at foundationradio.net. Follow us on Instagram at foundation underscore radio. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. This has been a Foundation Radio production. Butts Carlton, proprietor. Proprietor.